0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Daily Coffee with Carter and Carrie. Today is Thursday, June sixth. Actually, let's. Say good morning to everyone except for Vox and YouTube. <laughs> How's everyone else doing?
1: <sighs> <laughs> By the way, apocalypse. This is why. This is why we have uh, a merch store in the works, s- semi up. And subscribe star, and this is why our plan was never to support ourselves through monetization on YouTube. And uh, I I thought we'd have longer, but you know,
0: yeah, I mean,
1: what's going on just in case people aren't paying attention? Oh,
0: yeah, if you guys are real normal people with real lives, yeah, (laughs) Uh, VOD, VOD, ad pop, VOD, Vox, adpocalypse is what they're calling it. Um, Essentially, there's a journalist on Vox, which is uh, a left-wing mainstream media, but SJW site. Um, And it's been in, I don't know if people know this, but it's actually, it it was infused with over $380 million in cash to get it going. And most of that from NBC. So this is supported by a huge uh, media company. And still they have pretty much like a dismal audience, even with all that cash to spend um, one of their journalists, this guy, Carlos Maza, who is more accurately described as an activist. He used to work for media matters. And now he's at Vox doing the same thing he did at media matters, which was activism disguised as journalism. Um, this guy went on a campaign of targeted harassment. Those words are, they mean something. He targeted Steven Crowder, a conservative comedian, uh, on YouTube and on CRTV. Um, which is now the blaze, but um, yeah, he targeted him. He was asking his supporters to try and get him banned from YouTube and Twitter. He, he did. So his argument was that he has been the victim of a campaign of harassment by Steven Crowder for years, a a campaign of, um, of, of gay bashing and homophobia. So what's actually happened. If you look into it, it, my suspicion is that it's pretty obvious. He's just pissed because he makes terrible videos. He makes terrible content and he's an easy mark for someone who's smart and funny to tear apart. And so Steven Crowder regularly eviscerates his videos and really in a quite funny way. (laughs) Um, But he can't say, Hey, I feel, I feel oppressed because I'm terrible at making arguments and this person destroys them. So instead he says, uh, this guy's being homophobic because he calls me, a queer and he calls me um you know these names by the way that he calls himself his his handle on twitter is gay wonk right um so he launched this campaign of targeted harassment by saying he had been harassed which is hilarious
1: um during his mocking uh steven crowder like that he part of his mocking is like making fun of his appearance making fun of like And he he mentions his his race and his uh, sexual status, right? He mentions, like, gay Latino. He, like, he mentions it, right? But he 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 does it in a similar way that, like, John Stewart or John Oliver would mention it if they were mocking, like, Trump and his orange hair and blah, 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 like making fun of someone. He mocks it in that context while eviscerating his video for ideological reasons.
0: Totally. And by the way, Crowder does that a lot because he's making fun of the fact. I mean, he calls his, um, the people who work in his show, his lawyer is called half Asian lawyer, you know, because he's half. He, he makes fun of the way the left always in quarter black Garrett. Right. He makes fun of the way that the left is always highlighting identity. That's, that's him making fun of the identity being important. Um, but you're right in that talk show hosts, comedians on the left can call, can make fun of people for being white for being male, for being any number of, of identities, all, as long as they're not a marginalized identity. So it's a total double standard. Um, but anyway, this guy, uh, Mazza, Maza, he threw a big stink. Um, another thing about this guy, which is I think very important, he actually has called for violence against conservatives. Now, Crowder's never done anything like that. Right. Alex Jones, I was just arguing with some idiot on, on media, uh, social media who was saying Alex Jones was banned because he incited violence. I'm like, incitement is a legal term, it means something. Who, who did he say, like, go attack those people? When did he say that? He never said that. Um, this guy, Carlos Baza, the Vox guy, he tweeted, and the tweet is still up, um, telling people to go and throw milkshakes at conservatives. That's right. physical violence, that's attacking people. That's actual incitement, and that's fine. Another thing he did in his bio on Twitter, He, uh, in his bio, he calls himself, uh, he calls himself, he is a Marxist, I guess. But he he says Tucker Carlson is a white supremacist. That's in his bio. Right. That's that's defamation. You can call someone a white supremacist when they're not, and that's cool. But someone makes jokes about you being queer, and you are queer, and you make the same jokes, and that's not cool. Like, the whole thing, anyway, to get beyond that. By the way.
1: Can I interrupt really quickly? Yeah. To ask our audience a question. Should I make this t shirt? Because I kind of want to. <laughs> I'm not totally sure. Tell us if you want me to make this t shirt. Sorry for derailing. Continue. Oh no.
0: Okay. So the story. Yeah. So what so YouTube responded and said they would not be pulling down Crowder's videos, uh, which is a small victory, but you know, they're going to eventually. This is how this works, so they're not going to pull down the videos. Maza threw a stink and was like, you know, YouTube doesn't care about protecting LGBT people, mind you. This is a guy who celebrated uh, Milo being deplatformed and posted deplatforming works. We should do more of it. You know, he doesn't care about LGBT creators. He just cares about himself and punishing someone who makes him look stupid because he's stupid. He cares about the
1: ideology, and he and he's embarrassed.
0: Yeah, he cares about his ideology and he's embarrassed. That's it. So he throws a big fit and then YouTube responds a second time and says, um, I'm not sure if they responded or if they just did it. They demonetized all of Steven Crowder's, his entire channel has been demonetized. So um, in addition, they rolled out this new terms of service hate speech policy, which is super vague, more every time they redo it, it's even more vague. And now it's like, you don't even have to violate these rules. um, Just if you brush up against them, we, we might decide to to ban you or to demonetize you. What does that even mean? Nobody can actually say what the rules are anymore. How are you supposed to follow rules that you can't they
1: state? Even in the new rules, they say uh, like marginal, con- like edge, con- I forget the word they use, but like stuff that's like potentially could violate the rules. Like on the edge, that's banned. Which is yeah. how do you... <laughs> What does that even mean? It's like, here's the line, which is vague already. And if you come anywhere near the line, we could also. So it's like, this is just, there's no line. This is there's just, no we,
0: line. Yeah. It's indiscriminately, they can just whatever. And they also, uh, in the same release, they said they're going to start promoting uh, authoritative content. Meaning, they're going to, we, we talked about this yesterday about, or the day before about, um, you know, when YouTube started having like tastemakers who would, push stuff instead of the stuff that naturally rises to the top. So they're going to be doing more of that. They're going to be promoting more mainstream corporate media. Corporate media is going to be pushed up to the top by YouTube. Vox is going to be pushed up to the top by YouTube because $380 million isn't enough to get them viewers that they need. You know, this is a, I saw somebody state it this way. This is a war between legacy and corporate media and new media. And yeah, um, because it went, they did with Crowder, Crowder's probably going to be fine. Crowder's, he's, he created something that's popular enough that he got a platform outside of YouTube. He's on blaze TV. He has mug club. He was smart. He had this something other than YouTube revenue coming in. He, um, last I heard, if he takes down one of his offensive comedy shirts, then they might reinstate his monetization. uh, Who knows? But there's a ton of smaller content creators who got hit in this, in this stage of the war. So the purge is rolling on. Um, there's a whole list of them. We can put the ones I know of in the comments. I was just compiling some of them last night. Um, Sinatra My says. Friend,
1: Mikey was one among them who has a very small, nascent YouTube channel, right?
0: Well, that, okay, I was pissed off last night. And then, yeah, this morning just found out Mikey Har- Mike Harlow, Mikey the Harlow, a very dear friend.
1: Oh, by the way, right?
0: Who we've had on the show. Um, very dear friend. He His channel had just been monetized. He was very excited about it uh again lgbt tell me how tell me how you're protecting people by censoring him by demonetizing by punishing him so so yeah i didn't even know about him last night he's been added It's a whole bunch of people the ones i know of that people might recognize are sinatra says uh revenge of the cis um there's a couple of different uh journalists oh and maza this morning is like advocating on behalf of one of the the journalists who got deplatformed because of him and he's like oh but that he shouldn't have he shouldn't have been caught in the net with white supremacists. How did this happen? And I'm like, maybe because people like you have, have diluted the word white supremacist to where it means nothing. You cause you use it. You call people like Tucker Carlson and just average conservatives, white supremacists. And then you're like, how did we catch all these other people in the white supremacist net? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really upset. I'm going to stop talking and let you say something. I just, um, before I,
1: I woke nope, up this morning going. It's fun to listen to you, rant. Okay.
0: I woke up this morning and I was like, I don't, I don't want to be as angry as I was last night. And then I, and then, and I was already angry just on behalf of these other people. And because this is wrong, this is morally and ethically wrong. Um, and then I saw Mikey had been hit too. And so that just obviously personally makes me more upset, but um, it is arguing with liberals about this. There are leftists who I've been arguing with. These are the things they're saying um, hey, let's not conflate free speech with the freedom to be able to monetize your YouTube channel. Uh, this is censorship. Okay. Like I don't, I'm against censorship when it's censorship by the government. And when it's censorship by a huge social media company, like the media companies that control our public square, it's still censorship. They're choosing to censor people in three ways right now. They've completely pulled some channels off. Um, they've, Uh, for other people, they've pulled some videos down. They've like Gavin McGinnis and um, Owen Benjamin, a couple of others. I know they've pulled individual videos down. Um, And then, Others, like Mikey, they've demonetized. Demonetizing is absolutely a form of censorship. And
1: also not recommending, like pulling them out of recommendation engines is a a fourth form.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, think about that. Yes. So they're not allowing them to be recommended. They're not allowing the algorithms to work. They're not allowing what's popular to actually rise to the top. And they're putting pressure on. When you take away somebody's, um, some people make a living off of this. It's it's alternative media. They have just as much a right to make a, a living off of it as as Carlos Maza does getting propped up by some NBC infusion dollars. These people have created their audience. They're making money from their audience. And you're saying they can't make money from their audience anymore. That's putting the hammer down on them so that they have no incentive to stay on the platform. And so they'll shut themselves up. That's still a form of censorship. And I do not support that. And I can't stand that there are people on my side who are cool with this. Like where are the liberals we used to be about free speech.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, liberals have been, a classical liberal is a libertarian, but that's a separate issue. The word liberal has been has been morphed slowly over time. Like classically liberals were libertarian. And then the word liberal just slowly started being infected with Marxist cancer. And now it's just full on totalitarian. Marxist is, is a liberal, quote liberal. Um, it's interesting, you see, the, uh, YouTube. It's interesting to think about how YouTube started, right? So, the internet was a threat to legacy media. YouTube came along as not part of the old boys' club, not part of the, the legacy media and, and the, you know, this, these are nerds from Silicon Valley, right? So, YouTube came along and a bunch of people put up cat videos and other stupid things. And Legacy media didn't pay attention to it. That's the stupid YouTube thing, right? Dump a bunch of cat videos and makeup videos. And eventually, people started going to YouTube more than they were going to legacy media. Like it started a larger and larger market share. Larger and larger, larger and larger. And YouTube's algorithms, so this guy, by the way, one of the things he does is he claims that YouTube's algorithms inherently bias, uh, they're biased towards uh, hate speech. And the reason he thinks that is because, um, they are biased towards popular content and his definition of hate speech includes a lot of stuff that people like. So (laughs) that bubbles to the top. And so, you know, this happened and legacy media kind of was late to the game and realized, Oh crap, we need to kind of be on YouTube and, and, and be here. We're, we're getting, our, our viewership is is deteriorating and it's it's moving over to YouTube. So legacy media like jumped in and but now YouTube has chosen a side. So YouTube came from the independent, you know, small guy kind of cat video culture. YouTube grew up, became obviously was acquired by Google, became a, a very large company, became part of a very large company, and now they've had to make a choice. Are we about independent creators? And are we about going against kind of the mainstream legacy media? And are we an alternate platform to mainstream legacy media? Or are we a distribution channel for mainstream legacy media with some decoration on the side? And they've chosen the latter. They've chosen to be a distribution platform for old school legacy media with some decoration of cat videos on the side. But they do not want anything that competes with mainstream legacy media. And so YouTube has chosen a side in this. And it's it's interesting just for me to think about the history of YouTube and how it started. It started as exactly exactly a exactly what their legacy media is worried about. It started about it as an alternative platform for people to connect directly with each other and bypass the tastemakers of legacy media and YouTube is not that anymore. YouTube has decided to, you know, work for the empire.
0: Yeah. They're working for the empire and they, somebody made the point, this is a great point that because this this is about legacy media versus new media, Vox is legacy media, NBC they right. they um, depend on advertisers. YouTube depends on advertisers. They basically have put all this pressure on YouTube to pull money, to pull monetization from content creators, from new media. Just and are
1: taking ad money from their competitors.
0: Yes, they're taking ad money from their competitors, and YouTube is letting them do it. Of YouTube course. is like, okay, we'll bend over for you. And I, I just...
1: yeah of course of course that's what they're doing i mean they're not dumb
0: yeah no but they're they're why they're not who's not dumb
1: legacy media they know what they're doing no
0: but youtube why is youtube because they're in the pocket of google i mean they're but why why is youtube bending over well
1: because youtube has sided with ideologically youtube has sided with legacy media yeah youtube doesn't like what's popular Right? YouTube was like, we're a platform where anything that's popular can rise to the top. Oh, that rose to the top? Never mind. (laughs) We're not that anymore. That's what's happened. Um, And, and, you know, YouTube is part of uh, the Google machine. I want to, can I make a, I have some notes that I took about this whole thing. Yes. Now a good time for me to, I don't know how this is going to go. It's almost like a rant that's planned. So I don't know, maybe that will lose some excitement. Uh, I do want to point out first, though, that everything I'm saying, and I don't know, I don't want to apply this to you, Carrie, but it, I think it applies to you. I do think private companies have a right to control. Like, I'm not arguing that this is government censorship. I'm arguing that this is a private company censoring. I do think that they, it's a violation of their, I do think it's fraud because they lured people like Crowder and everyone and Mikey onto the platform under false pretenses. So I do think that there's, potentially legal action that could be taken but I do think private companies have a right to um, to control what's on their platform I'm not arguing that they don't
0: so, I agree I- and it, and but it's morally and ethically wrong and people have a requirement I feel a responsibility to speak up when something is morally wrong and the left seems to have forgotten that it, they they equate it with um, they, they only speak up if they want the government to step in and do something and otherwise it's fine but
1: um, it's not morally wrong if you're honest about what you're doing. So if YouTube said from the beginning, yeah, we're a platform so that CNN can get their videos boosted. And if you compete with them, we'll demonetize you, but you can put cat videos up. If that's what YouTube said, that would be fine. Right. But that's not what they said. They lured people under false pretenses. So it's, it's as if you purchased something and then when it was shipped to you, it was an empty box or it was poison or it was the opposite of what you purchased. That's what YouTube is doing. And so And, that's they're, not,
0: and they're not just changing. They didn't just lure people and then change the rules and say, this is what we're going to do going forward. It's even it, like they didn't just lure people and allow them to spend years and effort creating content for them and then change the rules and say, this is what we're doing going forward. They changed the rules and are retroactively applying them Right, which is like I saw somebody make this analogy. Uh, forgive me, I don't remember who it was, but it was they're like it's like if we change if I change the speed limit today to fifty, and then go back for the past five years and arrest everyone who was who did over fifty, right. <laughs> previously like it's you, it, it's just messed up. And so okay, I'm a, I'm gonna no I'm no gonna I, calm, right, I'm gonna that'd... calm down.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> I I have um I thought about this a little bit and. So the Andrew Breitbart people talk about the Andrew Breitbart phrase, which is that uh, politics is downstream from culture, right? Now, I've I've extended it and said culture is downstream from philosophy. And I don't know if I invented that, but probably not. I probably got it from somewhere. I'm not taking credit. I'm just saying, you know, uh, culture is downstream from philosophy, and. I'm gonna say that as a backdrop to what I'm about to say here. This, is YouTube to blame? Yeah, kind of. Um, But YouTube's not the only person slash entity company to blame here. It's not, this is not entirely YouTube's fault. YouTube and its advertisers are responding to culture. Right? This is a, we are in a culture where this is the proper response. And yeah, there's ideologues at YouTube, I get that. But why are there ideologues at YouTube? Why do they have so much power? Why do they get away with this? Why does this work? And that's an important question to ask and the answer I think is quite uncomfortable for a lot of people. The answer is it's, it's not just YouTube's fault, it's our fault. It's regular people's fault. It is our fault. And I want to just talk about what I mean by that for a minute. We have, we have built a culture with a bunch of attributes that are inimical to a free individualistic kind of traditionally American culture that would support free speech and oppose this kind of stuff. So we have a culture that's grown very conflict avoidant Right. Um, We have a culture that's centered around uh, not causing offense to anyone, quote, you know, worshiping the, the person, the victim's feelings. It's victim worship culture. And we ostracize anyone who a victim claims so and so hurt my feelings. That person gets ostracized. We we worship victims and and we worship the fragility of people's feelings in this culture we also have no understanding of the importance of philosophy generally and that's partly because it was that that it was intentionally discredited by people who don't want us to pay attention to us to it because they need to destroy the culture and cultures downstream from philosophy so we needed to be ignoring philosophy for decades which we have been and and they they discredited i've talked about this before they discredited the field of philosophy by making it ridiculous so that philosophers were contemplating you know, the existence of their hand while high and everyone laughed at that and thought that's not, that's stupid. It's impractical. It doesn't matter who cares about philosophy. So we ignored it, but, but philosophy matters and it infected universities first in the philosophy departments and then in humanities and it's spread into culture and it's in journalism and it's in Hollywood, bad philosophy. And we've also lost sight of, or I'll say, they've been replaced. The actual reasons for the relative success and freedom of America versus the rest of the world, or most of the rest of the world, the actual reasons, which are philosophical, grounded in philosophy, those reasons have been replaced by a bunch of platitudes. They've been replaced by the words democracy, or we've been told that what makes America great is multiculturalism and the immigration that's what makes america special or the fact that we care about like like other countries don't care about people right the fact that we care or you know americans are hard workers or whatever it is the, the platitude of the day that's all been given to us as a replacement for what the actual foundations of the country were which was the culmination of enlightenment philosophy based on individual rights like that's what made america special but that's been lost, and it's been replaced by all these platitudes. And when you lose sight of, when you lose sight of all this, when philosophy is, is thrown away as if it's, you, know, you throw out the baby with the bathwater because just because there's some stupid existentialist getting high contemplating the ceiling's existence or whatever, when you throw that all away, you get left with pragmatism. You, and, and we have a culture that thinks pragmatism is pragmatic, which it's not which I know sounds like a contradiction, but pragmatism doesn't work. And I can talk about that in a minute. But so the result is we're living in a culture with no um, will, no spine, no tools to defend the foundations of that culture, right? We are, you know, we're hollowed out as a culture. We thought for decades, people who wanted to defend America thought that the way to defend it was to go fight communism in Vietnam or Korea, or maybe go bomb the Middle East somewhere. But the real way to defend America and America's values was both much easier and much harder in many ways. It was easier because to, to do it the right way because you wouldn't, didn't have to risk death. There was no reason to go risk death in the Vietnamese jungle but it's a lot harder because you were going to risk ostracism and no one wanted to risk ostracism. No one wants to be ostracized from friends and family and loved ones. And so that's why I'm going to bring this back to like why I think we're to blame. The culture that we live in our country's culture is there's nothing magical about it. It's just a sum total of the culture that each and every one of us manifests in our own lives. That's what that is. The culture it's, There's easy stuff that we manifest, like how we teach our kids, what we watch, how we vote with our dollars and our time. So, great example is, how many people have been donating to universities? That money is not helping you donate out of an irrational uh, tribalistic allegiance to a sports team half the time, or because you have some nostalgic feeling about the time that you were at the university. That money is spent destroying our culture. It's spent propping up universities that push vile, hateful ideology. That's what your money is being spent for. So there's easy stuff you can do, which is stop doing those things. But then there's the harder stuff. And I think more important, I think it's- critical. I'm
0: going to interrupt you. I know you're going to roll. But by the way, if you do that, stop giving money to your, your colleges that you went to. Let them know why. Of course. Tell them, tell them why you're withdrawing the money.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's important. Uh, Frankly, I just want colleges to collapse, so I don't really care if they know why they've collapsed, but they'll figure it out. But the, the harder stuff, and I think the stuff that's more critical is, is what we let our friends, our loved ones, our families, our coworkers, people in our communities get away with ideologically, right? What ideas do we tacitly endorse because we're too afraid to speak up? Carrie, had a great example. Carrie, the other day, you had a great example of this. Someone came in uh, to the place you were working, and they made some comment about uh, it's too white here or something. And you called them out on it. You did it in a in a playful way, but you didn't let them get away with it. And I just to remind people, do you want to quickly tell what happened on that story? Because I'm I know I'm on a rant, but let's. Um
0: i I think he was saying, yeah. He said he said this thing the way, the way people do, where it's cool to, just be, against certain like against men or whatever against white. People. He was like, yeah, I would move here, but it's too white. You know, if you know what I mean. And I was like, oh, so you're racist? And just kept like, talking. But it was in a funny way where he would like took him aback. Yeah, and he was like, what? No, it's just. And they started trying to defend it, and it was I was still like, no, I think it's pretty racist. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So it's cool. So, it's cool that you admit it.
1: <laughs> right. So I mean, that's a great example of like most people would would let that slide. And some of the things that I just thought about at the top of my head before this show, things that we've let slide. The entire concept of hate speech is corrupt from its very foundation. Um, the idea that hate is bad is corrupt. Hate is simply an emotion. Hating things for valid reasons is completely moral. So let's just use a Christian example. Hate the devil, Christians. You're supposed to hate the devil. You're not supposed to not have hate in your heart. You're supposed to hate evil. That's part of justice, is hating evil. If you're like me and you're not Christian and you're an atheist, you're supposed to hate evil nonetheless. You're supposed to hate, for example, Nazis. It's okay to hate Nazis. It's not okay to run around on the street punching them or throwing milkshakes at them or whatever, but it's okay to hate them. And hate speech has, has, is this term that is intentionally vague and it packages, um, it packages together stuff that doesn't belong together. So hating someone because of the color of their skin is obviously racist, but hating someone for their beliefs or hating their beliefs and saying like, I hate these beliefs, these are horrible beliefs. Example being Islam, right? you could say, I hate Islam. Islam's a horrible belief system well that 's interpreted as hate speech because Muslims believe Islam and you 're not supposed to judge other people's belief systems that's all, all that is crap philosophy of course you're supposed to judge other people's belief systems. How do you think what do you think affects their behavior their belief systems belief systems are critical right We have this whole even embedded this like decades ago this, I was this was bothered this bothered me I think literally twenty years ago I said something about this we we package up. Uh, you'll be familiar with this, this phrase. Uh, we don't discriminate against color, creed, like uh, they'll say like race or religion or sex or blah, 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 right? And they, they list all these things together. And you nod your head because you think you hear some of those and you go, well, yes, we shouldn't. Uh, we shouldn't people, treat people differently because of their gender or because of their color of their skin. Yes, nod, 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 hmm Creed, religion, those are belief systems. It's completely valid to treat people differently because of their belief systems. Belief systems are chosen. Belief systems are the chosen rules by which those people will behave. Belief systems don't belong in that list, but they're in the list, and we let them get away with it because we were afraid of being called racist or sexist if we mentioned that, hey, that list is a little bit wonky. Mm -mm. That list is wonky. That doesn't belong in that list. There's nothing wrong with treating people differently because of ideology. Ideology is how they act. Ideology is what drives them. Another example: we've accepted this idea well, well before toxic masculinity arguments or, or, you know, ads by Gillette. We accepted the idea that men are bad. Watch old television shows. Watch Leave It to Beaver. Watch Donna Reed. Right? They, yes, are they corny? Yes. Are they based on, you know, what someone would say, like, a, you know, patriarchal view or whatever, like mom stays home? Yeah, sure, I get it. That's true. But the dads in those shows, we went to dad for advice. We relied on dad. Dad was a good guy. He was a, he was a pillar of the community. He wasn't a joke. He wasn't a thing to be mocked. What happened in television since then? Name a TV show with an admirable father figure, right? Married with children and probably before then, but like married with children is kind of the, the, the iconic example. Oh, dad, or Homer Simpson. Dads are drunk idiots who you can ignore and they're fools, right? And the women are the ones with sense and the, only the moms. Well, don't worry, I'll, I'll manage the child of man that's living in my house who's drunk all the time. <laughs> He's just an idiot. And that, that's everywhere. It's in movies, it's in commercials, it's in television. It's been in television, movies, and commercials for decades. What did we do? You probably said nothing about it, nothing at all. You never said anything about it. You didn't defend men at all. You just shut up and took it. Multiculturalism was another package deal. Where they package, we say, oh, multiculturalism, diversity is very important and we nod our heads and say, well, yeah, I want different kinds of food and different art and different music, that is great. It does make our culture more vibrant. What about different moral beliefs? Are they equivalent? No, they're not equivalent. Is, you know, is, uh, I don't know, falafel equivalent to pizza? I don't know, sure, they're two different foods, it doesn't matter, it's not morally significant. Multicultural that up all you want, woohoo, enjoy your smorgasbord, great. Is killing people for being gay equivalent to gay, like allowing gay marriage? No, those are two morally different positions. Ideologies clash, moral relativism is a license to let evil run roughshod over good. Moral relativism is horrible, but that's packaged up as part of multiculturalism. So you can't, you're not allowed to speak ill of anyone from another culture, even if you're talking about their beliefs, even if you're talking about their beliefs. Should you speak, you know, should you say nasty things about things that aren't important, like the color of their skin or, you know, the food that they eat? No, those things don't matter. But you should be able to criticize their beliefs and you don't. And you stay quiet because you're worried about being called a racist. We've accepted unearned guilt. Slavery is the obvious example. We have this idea that like, oh, my skin's white. I guess I'm responsible for slavery. 4% of the fucking population of whites in America owned slaves. 4%, four, 4%, 4%. You are not descended from a slave owner. And even if you were, you're not a slave owner. You're not guilty. Not to mention the fact that slavery has been practiced throughout history by people of all colors. The Muslim slave trade was what, three times as big as the European slave trade? Uh, Like black people have been practicing slavery too. It's bad when anyone does it. It doesn't make you guilty. Your happiness doesn't make you guilty. Because people are dying and suffering somewhere else, You might feel bad for them. You might want to be charitable and those are admirable feelings and it will be admirable for you to help them. Feeling guilty doesn't help anyone. It's not your fault. Your success doesn't come at the expense of someone else. You know, there's not a child starving in Nigeria because you ate McDonald's today. That's not how that works. They're starving in Nigeria because they don't have capitalism. That's why they're starving. I don't know if they're starving in Nigeria. I'm just picking on a random country.
0: Uh, it triggered me though.
1: Good. <laughs> Maybe they're not. Ethiopia was the thing in the 80s. Everyone mentioned Ethiopia. I just wanted to pick a different African country because mm. Ethiopia is a cliche. The last thing I want to say, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up here. The last thing I want to say about this is I want to, this is a message to men. And I get that I'm not being a collectivist here, I get that there's a distribution curve. I'm speaking to men generally. Not all men are the same. Not all women are the same. I'm going to speak in generalizations. Get over it. Learn statistics without being, you know, learn statistics and you won't be triggered. Men, we naturally tend to be the, the sex that our species relies on to face conflict when necessary. That's part of having testosterone, right? It means we're less conflict. We should be less conflict avoidant, a little more reckless right which is sometimes bad right that's why we're we sent we're sent off from the tribe to go fight wars and hunt that's part of that's part of masculinity it's a little bit more recu- reckless it's a little bit more okay with conflict that's fine it's why when you have kids and you spend time around kids your testosterone levels go down because we don't want reckless anger conflicts with babies that's a recipe for death so women, naturally, on average, you kept the social harmony more. You're, less, you're, 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 you're more avoidant of conflict because staying back in camp where you've got a, a coalition of a bunch of other people all having to live in close proximity, well, getting, having conflict is probably not a recipe for harmony and success in the tribe. We need both. Both go together. By the way, Carrie, this morning, actually, before the show, you said, "I don't, I don't think I'm divulging too much. If I am, we can cut this out." You said a little prayer, like, "God, help me to say only the words you want." And it was funny because I had already been thinking about this about women, but one of the things you are saying was, "Oh, I don't want to be vengeant, vengeful, or," and I was thinking, like, <laughs> why, not? "Why not be fucking vengeful? <laughs> like, why is that bad?" <laughs> right? no, because like, I... God, like, I don't want to be. I don't want to be confrontational and angry and vengeful. (laughs) Why why wouldn't you want to be those things, right? So, just you—you made my—it was a great example for me as I was thinking about the show. So, look. That said, look. So, this is—you know—men tend to be more uh, willing to face conflict, but for a lot of guys, there's nothing scarier than being rejected by women. That makes sense biologically. Like, you don't get to procreate if you get rejected by the tribe of women, right? You, you need their approval, I guess, unless you're a rapist. So evil men don't have a problem, I guess, getting rejected by women because they're just going to rape. Uh, but good men, there's, it's scary to be, to be rejected by women. And I get that. But I think what we did, uh, m- most men, uh, we were afraid of being confrontational. We were afraid of women calling us jerks or assholes or saying that we were toxic or undateable. We were afraid of being ostracized socially. So we did not fight. When men were being fun of, we shut up. We, when there were real threats to Western civilization, we shut up. We refused to fight the culture war um, in our own lives. It was actually easier for many of us. I didn't do this, so I'm not you know, claiming that I did this. But it's easier for many of us to go to Iraq and bomb people than it is to tell their girlfriend that you don't believe in rape culture. Like I, a lot of guys would be like, do you wanna like have a confrontation with your wife or girlfriend about uh, to- toxic ideology that she accepts like rape culture? Or do you want another tour over in Iraq? I, I bet a lot of guys would be like, I'll take the tour. Can we just have harmony at home? I just, I'll go out with my buddies and, and shoot some stuff. Uh, it's, I'm not saying that's easy. I mean, if that's it threatens your life. So I'm not saying it's easy to make that decision, but I think a lot of people are, are so scared of standing up in their own lives to people around them that they, they choose what they think is the pragmatic approach, which is, and by the way, it's condescending to women also to think that your, your wife or girlfriend can't have a rational discussion with you. You can't confront her. And that her anger is somehow like the end of the conversation. It shouldn't be. Um, that, that view of women is, is a view of women as irrational. The idea that they're going to get angry and then there's no, you know, you might as well just not have the conversation because their anger is the end of the conversation. That's not true for rational women. There are rational women. Many women, there are rational guys. So you can confront them. You can have conversations with them. But we chose pragmatism. And pragmatism works in the short term. It keeps you from getting ostracized. It keeps your wife and your girlfriend happy with you. Because you didn't say anything that was upsetting or offensive. And you know, the moms at PTA didn't go, Can you believe her husband said that? <laughs> That didn't happen. So she gets to keep her little community. You don't rock the boat. That's fine. Pragmatism works in the short term. In the long term, it seeds ground to evil, ideo- evil ideology. In the long term, pragmatism seeds that ground and we lose as a society. We lose. And now here we are. We're in a culture that's impotent to defend Western values. We've rotted from within because we let it rot. And if we don't police our own social circles—your friends, your family, your colleagues—if you don't speak up in your social circles, then authoritarians will police our social circles for us, and they'll start with things like YouTube. That's the end of my rant.
0: It was a wonderful rant. I loved it. <laughs> it's a—it's—I uh, uh, don't even know how to follow that. I have a couple things to say, women. They are more susceptible yeah. to this ideology because women are not targeted by it the way men are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like women are not in this ideology, this belief system, women are not the oppressor. They're the oppressed. So they're more susceptible to it because they're not being told that they're an enemy because of their sex. Right. Um, men are more likely to question it. it. You, you would question it too if you're being told <laughs> that your race and your sex and and your sexuality and everything about you makes you the bad guy. Um, but so yeah, women are more susceptible to it. And there's a saying I've heard, it says, uh, when women go bad, men go right after.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. When, when women go, uh, go wrong, men go right after it's a, it's, it's one thing, it's a little thing to make, to concede something with your partner. Um, when it, you know at the first time when they they're talking about something that is you maybe don't agree with and but you don't you don't want to get like you said you don't want to get into the argument so you let you let it go um but you've the more you do that the more you let this ideology spread not just in your relationship but yeah like you said in your community and People have to get over being afraid of confronting it. Um, I know people, we know people, we've talked, we know people who um, their relationships have been ruined by this, by, the, by one partner or the other becoming completely indoctrinated. Um, Good.
1: I mean, if it ruins your relationship, you shouldn't be in that relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Um I don't know where to start cuz I had a lot of notes where uh can you go back point by point? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah.
1: And now we have the 3 hour coffee.
0: Yeah. Um
1: let me see. Can I, can I say something really quickly? Yeah. I I'm, I'm I'm also guilty of some of this. I'm not only yelling at other guys. I I realized this the other day. I have a shirt with Che Guevara's face on it with a line through it, like a circle and line like no che Guevara mm-hmm. and I usually wear it around the house and my daughter um was, there were eight girls eight ten-year-old girls in the house the other day uh, for a party and I had this shirt on and I was thinking oh well maybe I maybe I shouldn't have this shirt on because in the bay area and I know a lot of these parents are social justice and I don't want to you know I don't people asking questions and I was like what the hell is wrong with me like it's where am I fucking? It's my house. Like,
0: and, they and they wouldn't care about wearing a shirt that's promoting Che Guevara in front of well, you. No, person.
1: it has a line through him.
0: No, no, I'm saying the opposite's true. Oh, they right, wouldn't right. worry about wearing a shirt that's positive about Che.
1: Right. Well, I wore the shirt, and oddly enough, one of the girls said something about it because she's seen the shirts without the line through it. <laughs> and she was like, what's that mean? And so I had a conversation with her. About, and I, I it, it opened a dialogue. I was like, well, here are the things that he did. He hated other races and murdered them. He hated gay people and murdered them. He was called the butcher of La Cabana. Like these, <laughs> these they called Che in when they wanted to murder people. Cause like he was the guy who loved murdering people. Here's what he was fighting for. Here's how he fought. Um, and her reaction was, well, why do people wear a shirt with his face on it? and i didn't want to get into a big discussion because it was a 10 year old girl and it was you know not the right context but i said they don't read
0: yeah
1: and she was like i'll read i'm gonna read i read a lot i like reading but i was like okay great and that was the end of the conversation but the point is what a pussy for me to be afraid to even put that fucking shirt on in my own goddamn house with a bunch of kids and I realized when I was a being a pussy that that's why I wore it. Cause I realized I was being a pussy, <laughs> right? but yeah, little things like that happen. I think to all of us all the time, we have these lit, there's a little bit of resistance and we're like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to create the awkward social situation that da-da-da-da-da. It's my responsibility to smooth things over. It is not your responsibility to smooth things over. It's your responsibility to speak the truth. That's your responsibility. And I'm speaking especially to men. It's your responsibility to speak the fucking truth. That's your responsibility. Not to smooth things over. I like
0: this. I like this rant. Um, By the way, women don't, I mean, we talked about this a bit before the time we were on Gracie's was it Gracie we were talking to? You? Women don't want a man who is a coward. So they ironically, <laughs> ironically, yes. Imagine that they don't want one, no matter what they tell you. Um, a woman who dominates you and um, and controls you and has you fearful for speaking your opinion, even if it it's it, in disagreement with her. Which everyone's going to disagree on things from time to time especially with your partner, you should be free to disagree because that's how you guys grow together. And so if you're with someone who is dominating you, um, it's not a good situation <laughs> I'll put it that way, but you might find out, you might find out that she doesn't like dominating you and that she's if dominating,
1: dominating you. Ask her boyfriend how he handles the situation.
0: Right? No, but I'm saying, no, but I'm saying that a lot of times that, that dynamic is messed up because you're both doing something wrong. She's dominating and you're letting her.
1: Right, well this is, this I, is why this ideology is, has been bad for women as well because it's been telling women that um, these traits that are inherently male are toxic and bad and women should avoid them and that men are broken women. Men are versions of, basically men are broken women. They're women with problems yeah. and when women go and seek that out, when they seek men who agree with that ideology, they end up getting men who are pathetic soy boys, and that's not hot. Yeah, for
0: and women. they resent them for it. They dominate them, but they resent them for it. Yeah. I've run into couples like this, where it's just like, wow, you guys have like miserable together, but somehow I guess it works because- you like being abused, and you like abusing. <laughs> it's like it's a weird. It's a weird. and by the way, I'm not talking about. Um, I just to be clear, I don't. I don't believe. Um, I don't believe men should dominate women in any kind of violent or uh, aggressive way, or any kind of tyrannical way or authoritarian way. That's not what I mean. Um, I, what I mean is that men seem to be in this day and age more. Um, susceptible to letting women do that to them and feeling like they deserve it or something because they bought into this stuff about masculinity i don't know it's just it's a weird phenomenon we're getting off way off the
1: conversation about this I anyway. yeah so
0: i want to take it back to the the stuff because I, I am really pissed about this and i, I people <sighs> here's some of the arguments i've seen online which which are if anyone's making these arguments to you like confront them about it there are people who are saying um that they're only targeting the people who are um creating more mass shooters absolutely bald-faced lie the reason they're saying that is because they don't they don't know who's on the list first of all these are people who live they're in an echo chamber on the left so they hear People are being censored on YouTube. Well, they must have done something to deserve it. And they must be an alt-right Nazi boogeyman, like I've heard about, you know. And they were okay when Alex Jones was censored. And and if you guys will remember, there were people back then saying, we were saying this is just the first step. This is not going to stop with Alex Jones. And guess what? It we were right. And it's not going to stop here either. They're going to keep pushing the needle. And what they rely on is for people not to react because you've become desensitized to it. If they went after everyone back then, they would get a huge reaction, but they didn't. You boil a frog slowly. So they start with someone easy like Alex Jones, because the mainstream narrative is such that you can attack him easily and not have most people care. (laughs) Most people do not really, you know, liberals didn't really care about it. A lot of conservatives didn't care about it because it's Alex Jones and because they have a lot of times people have an inability to see beyond, um, the tree. They can't see the forest for the trees. So they see a big Alex Jones shaped tree and they can't see this forest behind it that's coming that like, this is about the principle of whether it's okay to censor people or not, because you disagree with their opinions. Um, So I have people saying that to me that, look, they're just trying to uh, weed out extremists and to prevent more mass shooters. So on its face, bald face lie. Uh, People like Mike Harlow don't create mass shooters. People like revenge of the CIS. You may not like what they do. They're, they're, they're comedy. They make fun of people all the time. I don't like half the stuff they do, but they're not creating mass shooters. Sinatra says, doesn't create mass shooters. None of these people create mass shooters. Um, And And beyond that, there's an important point here, which is that one of the things that does contribute to to creating extremists, and yes, creating mass shooters, extremist mass shooters, is censorship. And this is something that you've written about, Carter, in your piece on Medium about Western civilization and culture, is when you have a culture that starts censoring um, voices who are speaking truth, but it's a truth that mainstream doesn't like, you are going to necessarily drive people to to the extremes. Because what the extreme what the extremists are telling them is that is it's always going to have a little bit of truth mixed in with it, with the crazy shit. So the extremists are saying, um Let's let's just take let's take white supremacists for example. The extremists are saying they hate white people. White people are superior. We should rise up. We should defend ourselves. You know they're going to censor people because they hate white whatever. That suddenly looks a little more appealing to some people who are who are in danger. If somebody's in danger of being pushed that way, and they see mass censorship, it's that seems a little bit more. Oh, that person was right. That the censorship is going to continue. So you need mainstream voices who are not extremists. You need people, you need liberals like me. You need people who are calling this out so that the only people calling out the censorship are not the crazy extremists where people go running there. Um, I'm not sure if I'm, am I making sense, Carter, or?
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's true. And you, you look, if you end up in a society where the only people defending values of western civilization are also defending some horrible stuff then you leave like suddenly they look more credible like there needs to be people defending western civilization and not crazy white supremacists or whatever like those people need to be those are most of us most of us want to defend western civilization so you know this gets back to I think kind of what I was saying before like Speak up in your own circles, your friends and family and colleagues. This is in the news. They're gonna talk about the YouTube thing. Fight back. Say, no, this is horrible. Steven Crowder doesn't deserve to be demonetized. Mikey Harlow, Mike Harlow is a gay man who doesn't even, what does he talk about? He's like, was a Democrat. He's part of the walk away movement. He's he's
0: part of walk away. He's not even on the right. I mean, he's He's like, left.
1: Yeah, he doesn't deserve to be censored demonetized anything on youtube this is not about actual stopping actual nazis or you know neo-nazis this is about shutting down speech that social justice leftists don't like and that speech they label alt-right but that's everything just like labels everything that's not marxist is fascism. The left everything they don't like is hate speech hate everyone speech is, is a white definition is everything that's not leftist
0: speech that's hate speech yeah and and reacquaint yourself with the definitions of words like harassment and incitement because yep. because they are they they engage in projection at an incredible level so Carlos Maza the guy who started all this the Vox guy the activist um he accused steven crowder of harassment steven crowder was not harassing him steven crowder was not telling people go attack carlos maza steven crowder was not launching some targeted campaign of harassment he was making he fun didn't of
1: fire him. him either he didn't say like we he should fire say, him. yeah right. he
0: didn't he didn't target him he didn't say we should fire him he didn't send people after him to attack him at all all things that carlos maza has done to him right all steven crowder did is what Anyone in the media does. It's what late night hosts do every night on TV. It's what Stephen Colbert is to make fun of this guy's video and counter his points with better points. Right. and that's all he did. That is not harassment. And and
1: fair. <clears throat> he threw in a little ad hominem to try and make it funny, but that happens everywhere all the time.
0: Comedians do it all the time. Look, right. Stephen Colbert made the joke about uh, Putin and Trump and right, you no, know, uh, fellatio. Right, there's exactly. <laughs>
1: They mock being gay all the time if it supports the leftist cause.
0: Yeah, so I I don't let them don't let them do try to do that judo mind trick on you. He was they are harassing people and they are saying it's because they're being harassed and that is a lie. Look at the facts of when you're talking to somebody. Look at the facts and see and and don't just reflexively go with the side that's that's you know anti-pc look at the facts of the situation but steven crowder was not harassing him he was harassing steven crowder is not called for his violence he's not incited any violence carlos Maza has he's yes. incited it. he's blatantly called for it they accuse others of doing all the things they do um and if you and if you watch that and you learn how to spot it you can call them out for it um but i i look everybody one of our um viewers, Laura said, you know, she, she had nightmares last night about this. And I feel so bad because look, everyday people who have real lives and real jobs and are maybe just learning about some of this stuff, only, only get as involved in it as you can. I mean, it's not like we're saying everybody needs to go out and pick up, <laughs> like pick up the torch of free speech and start, you know, but, but just like, no,
1: but I, I think I am saying you do need to argue in your social circle to the extent yes. you get away with it.
0: In your personal life, If you're going to get yes. fired
1: for doing it, don't, but you know.
0: Right. In your personal life, yes. Are Push back where you can as much as you can. And just, I mean, it's, more, it's not even like going on the offensive. It's just, it's just basically saying I'm going to grow backbone and I'm going to stand up for what I believe and I'm not going to be bullied and I'm not going to be cowed into silence because, because of my fear of being called bad names or my fear of being called something that I know I'm not. Like my fear of being called a, a racist or a bigot or a white supremacist, like Tucker Carlson, you know, whatever. You, you're not, don't let that fear control you because it's, it's a funny thing. If the only reason that fear works on you is because you're not a racist and you don't want to be thought that way, racists don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> actual
1: white supremacists are like, yeah
0: yeah white supremacists are total, that's part of being a supremacist is you think you're the best <laughs> you're not afraid of they' are like yeah we are the best like the only reason that fear works on you is because you're not, and so quit letting it work on you. you know what you are like you're you're confident in what you are like these people are are um beneath you if they call you that like it's it's uh or they're they're engaging in behavior that is beneath you, and it just I don't, it doesn't, don't let it affect you. I don't know. It's just, the other thing is like be, when you, when you start to speak truth in your everyday life, like it's one of those things that, that builds on itself. You feel better and more confident and less like a fraud. And then you're able to do it. You're able to speak a little more truth and then you feel better. It's like, it's a positive uh, feedback loop. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's easier and easier. And you may end up calling your friend circles a little bit, but you'll solidify. You'll find that some people, because I've had this happen, some people will pull you aside and be like, I can't believe you said that. I totally agree with you. I'm just afraid. And they're like, oh.
0: Oh, yeah. A lot of people will do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you'll gain some closer friendships, and you'll probably get ostracized by some people. But, you know, have, have some balls. Get ostracized by some people. Some people suck. Be ostracized yeah. from them. Like, yeah. okay.
0: If if you're um if you're not offending some people you're like doing you're doing, it you're doing something wrong because there are people <laughs> out there dying to be offended. And if and if, if you're those people like people like Carlos Maza, if you're not offending people like Carlos Maza, you're doing something wrong. That means you're laying down as a carpet for people like him, just to not offend. To, to, to not offend, to be to be pleasant, to uh, allow them to push their ideology right over you. Um, you're
1: murdering and, yourself in a philosophical sense. You're being yeah. invisible, right? You, if you're not offending someone, especially in today's culture, it be, it's because you're invisible. So take that to your self-esteem bank. Yeah. You're invisible. Go, go argue with your spouse. That's how I want to end the <laughs> show. <laughs> with your spouse I gotta go
0: we gotta go Period.
1: final things you gotta say
0: uh no I mean okay look support the the alternative media figures you like um share this video please uh you know like it subscribe if you haven't subscribed we have a subscribe star like Carter said we're trying to do some things so we're not come we're, we're not monetized yet because we have to hit a thousand subscribers first so that's the most important thing you can do subscribe but um to help us but but once we have, we're trying to do things so we're not dependent on YouTube solely. And um, we have a subscribe star where you can donate. Um, any of these people who've been, who've been censored, like subscribe to them. I don't even know how half these people are and I probably don't agree with most of them. But I just started hitting subscribe on all of them last night because I was so furious. and am like, you're not going to tell me that I can't listen to what I want right. to. Right. So I, we'll put a list up. I'll send you a list yeah, That's
1: a great idea. Yeah, send I me mean, a list. We'll put it up.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Well, thanks. This was a long one but good one. So uh we'll see you later today uh for Deprogrammed, where we have Samuel say and it's gonna be a really cool conversation. I think mostly this is this is your, dri- your drive you're driving the conversation because it's about social justice and
0: Christianity.
1: And Christianity. So yes, very excited. So. I've
0: been wanting to have this conversation for a long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be good. All right. Thanks, everyone. Go argue with your spouse.